Welcome to the Life After Sugar podcast. The podcast that's not just about sugar, but about your relationship with it and also with food and especially with yourself. So if you want to discover your life after sugar and hear inspiring stories from all kinds of people who also cut out sugar in their way, at their pace, for their own reasons, this is the podcast for you. Because you know, when you take away the sugar, you can finally discover the real sweetness in your life. I'm your host, Netta Gorman, and this week I'm talking with Scott, who tells how he used to eat lots and lots of different forms of sugar. And because he loves doing yoga and had trouble doing the yoga positions because he was overweight, well, that's when he started thinking about changing his diet and cutting sugar. We'll get to our chat in just a minute. And this week's episode is brought to you by the After Sugar Club, which is where you'll get the step-by-step guidance you need from me to help you let go of sugar and the emotional hold it has on you so that you can get to a place of freedom where you don't even need, want or miss it anymore. Check out everything that's included in the After Sugar Club at aftersugarclub.com and click on the green button, join the club. And if you're an intermittent faster, then I have five tips for you to help you get rid of cravings that may be getting in the way of you living your easy and natural intermittent fasting lifestyle. Go to aftersugarclub.com and download my five tips there. And if this is your first time here, welcome. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so that it appears magically in your podcast player every Sunday. And if you've listened to several episodes before and you haven't yet left a review, could I ask you to scroll down, please, and rate the podcast and leave a lovely review to tell me how this podcast is helping you in your life after sugar. Has it inspired you to reduce sugar? Has it made you think about sugar a little bit differently? Let me know. I love reading your reviews. Thank you. All right, so here's my chat with Scott. So today I'm talking with Scott Vogel. And Scott, can you just tell me a little bit about your life when you were still consuming a lot of sugar? Yes, Netta, thank you. It goes way back to when I was a kid and sugar was the reward and ice cream. I remember we had in our basement two freezers and we would go to Baskin and Robbins and we would get five gallon tubs of ice cream. And my brother and I would go down at night, and we'd bring a spoon down and we would just be eating sugar and Charles chips back then was a thing and they delivered cookies. So we had cookies delivered and it was just, you know, cake and cookies and candy. It was just a thing. And I was severely overweight as a child. And my mother always was trying to put us on diets. And we went to Weight Watchers and just was always miserable, was going and weighing and the the disappointment of, oh, you're, you're, you're down a quarter of a pound, or you're up a pound and a half, and oh, going to school with lunches that just weren't satisfying or that. And my whole life was, was a battle. 
of dieting and trying everything, you name it, it didn't make a difference, whether it was Weight Watchers or the Atkins program or that. And you know, it, it was just a, a struggle most of my, my life. And, and did you feel that sugar was used by your parents as some sort of reward system? Yeah, it, it kind of was because it was a treat. It was, again, you know, eat everything and you get cookies and celebrations. There was cake and ice cream. And yeah, you could have some candy. And all of these things were, yes, ice cream was a treat. Ice cream was special. So the, the mental framework that was built was, you know, sugar is, is a treat. It's, it's a pleasure. I was having a conversation with my life purpose buddy the other day, and we were talking about sugar. And, you know, I said, list all the things that you get out of sugar. And it's, 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 it's dangerous. It's fun. It's kind of, you know, I shouldn't be doing it, but I can. And well, you know, to hell with it. I'm going to just go enjoy it and have fun with it. And it's decadent and it's, all of the emotional pieces around it. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And it feels like, you know, it's a love-hate relationship, you know, because we sort of intellectually, well, now that we're adults, we know that sugar is not good for you. But at the same time, we've got this pull towards it and all these good memories. And it it gets confusing for a lot of people, myself included, and, and probably you as well before, well, we're like, I don't know what to make of it. It's, it's good and it's bad. Yeah, it's funny. I just had a conversation with one of my yoga teachers like right before I got on the call with you. And it was like, why is it that something that's so good is so bad for us? Yes, yes. It's, it's very confusing. And in a way, it's like we're, we're left to our own devices with this sort of um, contradiction about sugar. Yeah. And the fact that it's in everything and that uh, I go shopping now, way back when in the past, I, I would just buy things. Now I look at it and it's like, it's so difficult to find products that don't have sugar in them or sugar, at least in you know the first three or four ingredients. And then of course you go into the supermarket and you know, there's a hundred thousand products on the shelf and probably 90,000 of them aren't food. They're, they're just chemicals and sugar and corn syrups and all of the things that are created to stimulate the pleasure centers in the brain. And it's, 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 I'll, I'll find myself sometime from time to time, I'll stop at a service station to fuel my vehicle and I'll be like, you know, I'm a little hungry and I'll go walk in and I'll go up and down every single aisle and I'll leave or occasionally in the grocery store. Because like I go to two different markets that one is, you know, they both have organic, clean food mm -hmm. and I'll that that's pretty much three or four days a week. I'm very blessed that I'm in a place where I can do that. And occasionally, once in a while, I'll go into a supermarket. And I'll wander aimlessly for 15, 20 minutes and I'll leave with nothing. Yeah. Because there's just nothing in there that will now, before I was like, I could count cookies and candy and this. And just it, it, it amazes me what I used to consume as opposed to now has become unacceptable and non negotiable. Uh, how did that switch happen? 
I think the, the, the final switch, Netta, again, over the years, I've done a lot of different things. I've lost weight and I thought, why would I ever eat any other way? And even on Weight Watchers, you know, they allow you to eat anything, but it was just, you can have sugar and you can have products that have sugar. And I lost weight and I would get, and I go, why would I eat any other way? But at the end, I would end up getting off of it because it was a diet, so to speak. I don't care how it's framed, whether it's a way of eating or a lifestyle or this. And anything I used to be on, I, I would hire nutrition coaches and I would have people put me on this program and that program and this, and I'd always be miserable. It didn't matter because either, I can't eat all this. I'd be sitting there trying to eat a plate full of vegetables and protein and that and go, I'm exhausted from eating. Mm -hmm. And I went and saw a functional nutritionalist about oh, a year or so ago and kind of gave me some ideas and did muscle testing and heart craft charting and things and put me on all these supplements. And again, in the beginning, I was like, I don't want to be consuming things that I'm just going to urinate out at the end of the day in the commode. Might as well just take my money, tear it up right now and skip the whole process. That was always my thing with vitamins. I'm like, there was a part of me that was like, I know that there is a way to eat. I just didn't know. And to answer your question, May 29th, almost a year ago, it's about 348 days ago. 2021, I, right? What's that? 2021. Yeah, I had uh, been struggling with some yoga postures. And most of the yoga postures I was struggling with were Padahastasana, hands to feet, which requires you to bend over and touch your head to your knees and your hands underneath your feet and with a belly in the way and Sasungasana rabbit pose, which is on your knees doing the same thing. You're holding your feet and you're coming up almost like a rabbit. I couldn't breathe. In, in those. And there were like four or five postures like that. One is standing head to knee. You stand on one foot and you hold the other foot and you put your head on your knee. And I couldn't breathe, which yeah. meant I couldn't do the posture. So I did a private lesson with the owner of the studio. Amazing, Aaron. And at the end of the class, the private instruction, which was modification. So, okay, how do I get into this posture? So I, at least I'm not dying. And if I can't breathe in that posture, then the next posture I'm not even gonna do because I'm exhausted. She said, are you open to some nutrition suggestions? I was like, sure. And it was so basic and so simple, Netta. It was get rid of all sugar and get rid of all white, anything. And I was like, okay. And because wow. what she says has always been true and gospel. And I've always followed her advice because she's brilliant as a therapist, a yoga teacher, a healer, a human being. And that combined with some of the information that I got from the functional nutritionist, which was really a list of things that I should be eating and should not be eating and what was okay. And they made sense because for me, uh, I'll go into a, a market and, and I love growing my own food and tomatoes and that. I'll go into a market and I don't know what I'm buying, but 
food will talk to me. <laughs> and cookies don't talk to me. And sugar doesn't talk to me. It repels me. Anyway, I was like, okay. And she did two other things. She says, one, I want you to record a video and talk about it. And I'm like, um, I will talk about marketing. I'll talk about business ad nauseum forever, but I'm not talking about my weight loss journey and this. And I was like, okay. And I did it. The second thing she said was, I want you to weigh in every day. And I was oh. like, I've never, and I didn't finish the sentence because it was like, okay. And I started doing it and I recorded it every single day because in the past it would be okay. I'd weigh in once a week or once a month. And then it would be like four months later, be like, um, how did I gain 30 pounds? And where did that come from? And the everyday thing was interesting to kind of get into a rhythm. At that point in time on May 29th of 2021, I was drinking two maple lattes every day. Now, in and of itself, that wasn't responsible for my weight, but in I have not had a maple latte in 348 days. It's almost a year, which means I have not had 696 maple lattes which means I have not spent $8,352. And even more important, I have not consumed 348,000 calories. Because uh, it was 500 calories with the maple syrup and the milk and everything. It's 5,000 calories a week. I mean, that's like a lot. Yes. So back to your question, that's what started it was no sugar at all. I, for a while, I eliminated everything sugar-wise. It didn't matter. You know, I could, well, maple syrup is organic and this and that. And yes, it's a good sugar, but it was eliminated. And so from that day, there was almost no sugar. And I'll say that because I struggled for a little while with one thing. I would meet my son every Friday for lunch. I'm fortunate that we still get to get together. Uh, geographically, we're close. And we would go out to eat. And he would want to order things that I didn't really want. But like maybe I'd get a hamburger once in a while and have the bun. I would weigh in the next day. I'd be up four pounds, no <laughs> matter what. I would be up. And it would take me three or four days to get down those four and then get a little down. And for a couple of months on Fridays, we'd order something like a pretzel mm -hmm. and I would eat it. And that was against really what I felt. And after a while, I said, you know what? Uh-uh, no, I'm not doing it anymore. And so like a few weeks ago, we went out to eat and I wanted a hamburger. I love a hamburger. And I brought my own Ezekiel bun, which is a sprouted grain bun and said, here, put it on that. And so I felt really good about it. And now it's pretty much, I, I, when I go to the market, if anything's got sugar, it's not coming home with me. <laughs> I don't even, even now when I go out with my son, maybe once in a while I'll have a frozen yogurt with him, but I'm okay with that once in a while. But as far as a, a regular thing, whenever I 
used to consume sugar or white anything in this last year, my body would be inflamed. And I would know that, A, because the weight would go up. Okay. And I just wouldn't feel just so right. Right, because you know it, what it feels like now to feel right. It, 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 I do know. And again, you know that I do anywhere between six and eight yoga classes, hot yoga classes every week. And oh, I've gotten to a point now where I started an abs challenge with one of the teachers. And whereas before I didn't know what a, you know, rectus abdominis or a transverse abdominis or an internal and external, I didn't even know what those obliques were. You'd be like, they'd use, and I'd say, huh? And a few months ago I was in a class and we were come doing some like almost sit-ups with a twist. And I looked over at Aaron and I go, wow, look at those obliques. Those are cool. And on the next one, I came up and I looked and I said, holy crap. I actually have obliques now. Oh. And so I'm, I did like a 75 day challenge and then tweaked my back doing something really silly. And then we started it again. And now I walk around, you know, kind of even my friends say, Scott, you can't wear that shirt anymore. You can't wear those clothes anymore. That's your, your body has changed completely into the point where never in my life have I had you know, abs. Yeah, isn't it funny? It's not just weight loss. You've, your body has actually sort of redesigned itself. Well, that, that is the big thing is the body does redesign itself. And after years of caring, I was obese. I'll use the term because I, had, I was like almost 60 pounds heavier than I am right now. And it was, it was a journey. It didn't happen. You know, I... I, I got some weight off pretty quickly and I saw my rhythm and it was about, and now it's just, I'm not on a diet. I don't, you know, have this amount of things and this amount here and this amount, cause that never worked for me. Yeah. What worked for me is no white, no sugar at all. And you know, if I want to eat some like Ezekiel bread, I don't know if you're familiar with yes. that, but it's, you know, live sprouted grain, biblical right. is the formula. And when uh, my functional nutritionist put it on the list, I kind of was like hesitant because in my mind, I equated bread with bread, mm -hmm. it, 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 even because they call it bread, but it wasn't really bread. It was live sprouted grains. And when I researched it and realized this is pure protein, this is some of the best protein. And so I didn't mind having, right. you know, when she said, you know, get the best butter and slather it on the bread. I was, that, that was like, really? And now it's okay. There, there's a lot of mind shift and change that goes on when, you know, there's no sugar. I mean, I, you know, local honey I use and, like maple syrup, I, I bought a, a, a pint of maple syrup four months ago. I still <laughs> have still, it. You still have some left. Before that would have been gone in like three days. Gotcha. Yes, yes. It's funny, isn't it? Because um, we tend to equate any sort of, well, elimination of any kinds of foods, or I, I don't call sugar a food. Um, we tend to equate that with a diet. And my question to, to you is, what do you feel is, the difference in your relationship to food between what you did with Weight Watchers and how you're eating now? 
the the big difference in Weight Watchers and every other thing was that there was deprivation, there was diet, there was limit. You could only eat certain number of things, and you had a weigh, and you had a measure, and you had a count, which which I understand for the mindset of excess and an overabundance and overdoing. It, it now it, the relationship is, and I I love to quote this, um, will it make the boat go faster? Hmm. And that is, there's an eight-man British rowing team in, I think, Britain, UK, somewhere. And they hadn't won a medal since like the 1940s. And seven, eight years ago, the new coach says, we're going to win gold at the Olympics in two years. And the philosophy was simple, will it make the boat go faster? which meant that if it was 5.30 in the morning, freezing rain and you know, cold, and they needed to go out and run, they would say, will this make the boat go faster? The answer was, yes, it will. At the end of a long day of training where they had a great workout and they'd say, hey, let's go to the pub and have a couple of ales with our mates. Will this make the boat go faster? Uh-uh. Mm -hmm. I adopted that to me and at the time it was will it make my body and my abs more sculpted defined and stronger and now I look at something and say will that and the answer is no it, it won't and it's a whole different conversation for me yeah. it, it's not measuring in deprivation it's okay uh, what do I feel like having you know, what, what are the things that I want around? Like, if I want something sweet, I'll do an Ezekiel bread with a little bit of almond butter and some blueberries. Now, blueberries I introduced back in as, as a good fruit because of all the nutrients and everything about it. And, and it's just a few, even there's no, like I said, sometimes I'll go with my son and we'll have a yogurt. And so I'll have a little bit of yogurt but I don't need to put all the, you know, all the garbage on it. And, but again, it, it goes to, will this, will this help me to do what I need to do to, will it help my yoga practice? Will it help the boat go faster? And that's mm -hmm. kind of, it, it's so much easier for me because I, I don't eat at certain times. I don't like, some days I'll, I won't have breakfast. Some days I'll have celery juice. Some days I'll have a hard boiled egg. Mm -hmm. Other days I'll have a, an omelet with some fresh veggies and this and that. There, there's no, because now it's feeding my body clean, organic fuel that doesn't include sugar and white. It, there, there is so much out there that I can play with in having roasted vegetables available all the time. And for, for whatever's changed in the, the neural pathways, there's no real craving for sugar anymore. There's no desire for it because as we mentioned, the, the physiology has changed completely. And yeah. you know, in a healthy way, I'll like look at myself in the mirror or I'll touch my abs and go, that feels really good. And, uh, why would I want to do something now that would change that? Yes, I think wanting to feel good is greatly under, 
you know, we, we don't recognize enough that wanting to feel good is something that, that we want, that is part of everyday life, you know? I and, agree. And do you feel that, I mean, credit goes to you for being open-minded enough to give it a try almost a year ago, first of all, and then to also be, be able to think about, well, just because you're not eating these particular things, the sugar and the white stuff, it, that doesn't automatically equate to you feeling restricted or in denial or anything like that, right? I have, I do not feel at any point now that I'm missing out on anything. It's just like this morning, for example, uh, somebody's leaving a place where I was at and you know, there were cookies on the, the, the table and she says, take a cookie. And I was like, no, thank you. I don't do cookies. It, it, it was just automatic. There wasn't a well, kind of like cookies and this and this sweet. No, I don't do cookies. It's just there, there, there was nothing in there that would have provided me anything. It only would have caused negative feelings, um, sensations, inflammations. And I'm like, why? When I know that I have some you know, whole milk organic yogurt with blueberries and nuts that is okay. waiting for me at the office that uh, that's my breakfast today. Yes, and, yeah. know, makes sense. Yes, absolutely. You go according to, you know, really what you want and, and what you want is to feel good. It's also to be able to do your yoga, but that is from what I can tell in a bigger sort of umbrella approach to life of wanting to feel the best that you want that you can feel well that's what it comes down to Netta. at the end of the day it's you know we have this vessel this container this temple whatever we want to call it that houses our being our spirit our soul our minds and i owe it to me i owe it to my loved ones i owe it to my tribe and community to show up as well as I can. And if I've just eaten a pizza and had a beer, which I've never liked anyway, and had a pint of ice cream and show up, I'm not showing up in the peak optimum state that I can be. So it's, it's bigger. Yes, it's about yoga, but it's about waking up and feeling good inside my, my body. Whereas I used to wake up and struggle with that is, okay, is my nutrition right? Is my exercise? Now it's uh, one of the books I'm currently reading is Simplicity. And in it, he talks about the calendar and the importance of putting things on a calendar that are there. And I was talking to a colleague was like, you know, if, if, if I printed my calendar out, there's already like yoga on certain days at certain times, it, it's there. It's not, I don't have to add it in, you know, going to the market probably four times a week is at the end of the day, when I'm finished and leave the office, that's just there because that's what I need. I don't, can't remember when I've purchased a processed food, when I purchased something in a package ready to go, because it's just not anything that I want to do. I'm going to go have dinner with um, some friends this evening and 
I went and I got some chicken and some pork and some steak and some fish, and I'm going to grill it and barbecue it. And I don't know what they'll bring. One of them may bring a dessert, but I'm going to be like, to me in these days, Netta, like when I go out to eat with my son and somebody will be like, would you like dessert? And I'll be like, is there anything here that is so incredible, so amazing that if I didn't have it, I would be missing out on something for the rest of my life? And the answer every time is no, there really isn't anything. But if someone said, okay, you know what? This is the most incredibly, amazingly delicious thing that's this and that, 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 that. And I'd be like, maybe I'll give that a try. Yeah. Like there's this one restaurant that has a gluten-free ice cream sandwich. And I, I haven't had one in probably seven months. But once in a blue moon, I might, if we're there, just because, again, it's gluten-free. Yeah, there's some ice cream and there's a little sugar in it. But as, as, a, as a, a rule, as a diet, as a regular staple, it just no more in my life makes sense to have sugar at yeah. all. Yes, yeah. That's, I mean, you've come a long, long way from your childhood. Oh, yeah. And not just physically, I mean, just how you relate to food and specifically sugar, all the way from the, that you were telling us about your childhood where it was a staple in your life and not just nutritionally, although it doesn't have any nutrition, but also like emotionally, yeah. all the way to now where you're like, I don't need it. I'm fine as I am now. Thank you very much. Exactly. I'm fine as I am. Even in adulthood, I would remember like as, as I, when I was married, I would go get a gallon of ice cream and then I would get marzipan and sprinkles and cookies and chocolate chips and, uh, you know, Oreo cookies and this, and I'd chop it all up and I, you know, make this huge thing and I, I would gorge on it. And it was, I thought, satisfying, but the only thing it, it did. And back then I wasn't in tune with my, my being, my body to where I'd be like, yeah, I didn't feel great, but yeah, now it just, it, there's so many negative aspects of sugar right now that it scares me to even think about wanting to consume it again in the almost year of, of the journey of this part of it you know there were times where I'd be like gosh I'm up four pounds I'm up four pounds and I know why and then it would come off and but I didn't like it and even that because I weighed in religiously every day and there was something to be like I don't want to experience that anymore because the old mindset was, yeah, I had some stuff and I'll weigh in next week. And then it was three months later and it's like, oh my God, I'm 30 pounds heavier. Whereas now it was just so in tune with what was going on. It was, I just didn't want to do it anymore. Yes, 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 totally. And, you know, it makes me think of what, you know, we're in the sort of same business circles and there's this acronym FOMO, fear of missing out. And then we've got the other ac acronym JOMO, which is the joy of missing out, which yeah. I feel is what you're living with sugar now. It, it, thank you. And that's wonderfully put is you know, the, the joy of missing out, the joy of missing out on the cookie this morning. 
the joy of missing out on the dessert or the cake or the pie or the, you know, it's like, it's gotta be so over the top incredible. And that's very difficult. I, not, I'm a chef. I, lifetimes ago, I am so in tune with food and we'll just go into the market and just say, okay, who's coming home with me? And mm -hmm. just put something together that there's no recipe or that. And it doesn't involve sugar because there, mm -hmm. there's so many good tastes and flavors and textures. And it, it just, it, it feels so right. So, you know, it, it is the joy of missing out. And then, you know, now I, I look at people that are in the market and have gallons of flavored, sugared, colored, carbonated water and huge bags of, of garbage and junk. And, and it, it just like, it, it, I shudder in that, God, what are you doing to yourself? What are you doing to your children? That, and it's been a journey. It's, I lived a lot of my life with that being okay. I haven't had a soda. I can't remember. I mean, it's like, I don't know, 18 years. It's just yeah. not, I look at it now and go, why? Even a diet soda is I had a friend who was the president of Pepsi-Cola in Florida. And one day he's like, Scott, I sell sugared, flavored, colored, carbonated water. That's all I sell. And that's what it is. And, you know, I drink a ton of water and I drink lemon with it. And I drink uh, a nun in it for a little bit of electrolyte because I'm in a, a hot room and that's satiating to me yeah. and it's not i don't need any other flavored sugared product to get what i need gotcha yeah totally and i remember when i was doing yoga as well because i did it for years when i was younger and this sort of approach of yoga of look after yourself and if each individual feels good then we'll just be lots of individuals feeling good you don't need to convince anyone out just look after yourself you know and it's not in the selfish way it's just this is who you have to look after first and foremost and then you feel good enough to go and look after everybody else you know should they need that but I mean that's what I'm getting from you is you know it's not just you're practicing yoga with the positions you're actually living the yoga philosophy of looking after yourself first exactly it, it's showing up on the mat and to me showing up on the mat is showing up as fully human as i can and the nutrition piece is you know what can we control there's only one thing we can control in life and that's us i can't control you i can't make you do anything but if, you know, I go feed my friends and I won't feed them junk. I refuse to. I, I, I will only feed them quality food because I, that's how I love people. And if we truly love ourselves and take care of this, I had a conversation with my buddy and he was like, I just got my passwords all figured out. And I just got my accounting all figured out. And I got all these things perfected, but I'm still 10 kilos up i was like well what's that about you know you're, you're showing up with all these other things what's that piece about 
and it is it, it is a mental piece it is a psychological piece it is a childhood piece it's it's a false belief piece and and hey i had it i lived with it for years and fortunately i'm at a place now because of the journey that it's like why would i want to put anything in that's gonna get me i never dreamed in my life that i would be on a quest for six-pack apps <laughs> i'm not saying i'm gonna get there but the, you know just to to touch my abdomen and feel good about it and not have well oh my god there's all this fat and these rolls and this this and and it just to to have evolved to that is just powerful and i know that sugar will be the antithesis of that sugar will now make me feel not good where everything is about how do i actualize and feel good and you know people this is not grandiose or conceited but people will be like god i wish i could live like you scott and i never imagined that in my life because i do so much yoga and because of the way i eat because of, of all the things that i'm fortunate to do because i put myself in those situations I look at my life purpose as, as wanting to help others and share so that people do live a better quality of life. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, you to, know to, what you want, and now you're living it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Fantastic. Exactly. Very inspiring. Thanks, Scott, for talking with me. Oh, my pleasure, Netta. Thank you so much. I enjoyed it. Oh, thank you. What a wonderful, inspiring chat with Scott. And you see, he had his own reasons for cutting sugar, partly because he loves doing yoga and sugar was getting in the way. For me, it was for my digestion. So I'm curious to know what your reason is for reducing or cutting sugar. We're all different and we all have different reasons for reducing or cutting sugar or for starting intermittent fasting. And I wish I'd had some support and encouragement and accountability when I first started out on my sugar-free journey back in 2015, but there really wasn't anything around and I felt all alone. So I created my own website and my own community, specially for other health-conscious and like-minded people who don't just want to change what they eat, they want to transform their relationship with sugar and make it a peaceful relationship where you don't need or miss sugar anymore. So if you want some free resources about what real whole foods are and where the processed food companies hide those sneaky sugars, then head on over to my website aftersugarclub.com and click on the tab What to Eat. You'll find three videos there, one about which foods don't have added sugars, another about how to find these foods at the grocery store, and the third video is about what's the deal with fermented foods, because these are also whole foods that look after your gut health, and gut health is central to your general health. To learn more about the connection between sugar, gut health, and intermittent fasting, head on over to aftersugarclub.com and click on the FAQ tab. That's where I answer all kinds of common questions that you may have.
and you can download my list of top 10 books about sugar, gut health, and intermittent fasting. Go to aftersugarclub.com and click on the FAQ tab. And while you're there on the website at aftersugarclub.com, download my five tips for getting rid of cravings. Whether you're an intermittent faster or not, cravings can really stop you from feeling free with your food. So download those five tips at aftersugarclub.com and you can get more free resources and tips on the Life After Sugar YouTube channel, the Life After Sugar Facebook page and come and subscribe to my Instagram account at mylifeaftersugar. That's where I post pictures of what I eat, what I do, sometimes some inspiring quotes or sometimes just pictures of our cat so that you can see that it's totally possible to live a fun and active life even if you don't eat sugar. And if you're ready to get some personal guidance, support and accountability so that you can let go of sugar and feel more confident in your food choices and feel healthier because you've finally made peace with sugar so that you get to a point where you don't need it or miss it anymore, then the After Sugar Club is the place for you. Together with myself and a group of other like-minded health-conscious people, you'll get all the guidance you need in our supportive and friendly community so that you don't just change what you eat, you change how you think and how you see sugar so that you can enjoy the real sweetness in your life. Check it out at aftersugarclub.com. And if this podcast is inspiring you to take one more step towards your life after sugar, then could I ask you to please scroll down and leave the podcast a lovely five-star rating and leave a short review to let me know how this podcast is inspiring you to break free from sugar your way and find the real sweetness in life. Thank you for listening. That's it for this week. Keep in touch and see you soon for another episode.